Startup, Big Ideas in Cannabis Technology and Innovation, a show about the technology pioneers of the cannabis industry, the platforms they are building, and the entrepreneurs they are enabling. Today, we welcome Beryl Solomon, who shares her candid journey of the challenges she faced in researching natural remedies to improve her health and wellness. This journey inspired her to create the experience she wanted, but didn't exist. Applying her skills from a 15-year career in fashion, leaving her position as CEO of a fashion startup to create Poplar, self-described as the net-a-porter of legal cannabis. Currently selling online a curated assortment of premium hemp-derived CBD and accessories. Here's her story. Beryl, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. You and I met a few weeks ago at a workshop here in New York, and I got to hear your story then, and I was like so compelled, and I know it was a busy room, but I was just like, I have to share the story with with our listeners. So, Beryl Solomon, founder of Poplar, tell us a little bit about the site and what you guys are at today right now. Of course. Well, I'm super excited that you came over and introduced yourself. Yes. Um, I, uh, I love a good microphone. So, uh, so Poplar is currently an online retailer selling the best in legal hemp derived, predominantly CBD. So we say we sell the best in legal cannabis, which today nationwide is, um, hemp-derived cannabinoids. The most famous one right now is CBD. Uh, So that is what we sell. Um, We uh, were founded um, in November of 18. Mm -hmm. So we've been around for a little while. We were really, we were the first really selling a curated assortment of products. And one of the things that makes us special is we go through a high level of due diligence before we will sell things on our site. So we're advised by doctors and lawyers. We require third-party testing, we validate that testing, uh, and really trying to create a gold standard in specifically the CBD world where there isn't one because it's currently not regulated, um, significantly regulated by the FDA and definitely wasn't regulated when we started. We are really trying to uh, provide a service to customers based on my own journey um, where we really are vetting products so that people know what to choose in this super complicated landscape. I get a lot of questions from my friends. Uh, people either in marketing agencies, a particular friend recently reached out and she's like, you know, what is all this stuff? How do we differentiate? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it is a ton of information right now. And also a ton of misinformation as well. Yeah. And it's, it's really confusing a lot of the customers. It took me a lot of research and I probably know you probably have forgotten more information than I know. Um, (laughs) so, uh, and that's why, you know, it's, to search out trusted sources. It's definitely not your corner bodega. <laughs> and definitely not the corner <laughs> bodega. Um, so I find that to be very interesting of where, where where that came from for you guys. So I know there's a very interesting journey. Uh, to start a business is a tremendous amount of work. I've been self-employed for about 13 years. To start a business is such a tremendous amount of work. You have to have so much passion for it because uh, it takes a while to get its feet. I want to roll back and find the founder's journey on this one. And we can go back a long time ago. So we're going to pause for for Poplar right now. We're going to go back. You can go back as far as you want. You have a DeLorean. You can type it any numbers that you want. (laughs) We can go back to Girl Scout camp. Got it. (laughs) But tell me a little bit about like where you came from as as a founder. Yeah, for sure. I think that you're so smart to ask that question because 
all of those experiences make you who you are, right? And that's sort of what guides what you then end up creating. So that's where, where your values are formed. For sure. So I didn't always have a dream to be a founder. Um, that was not, and if you had asked me even probably three years ago, if I would be in the world of cannabis, I probably would have laughed you out of the room. <laughs> um, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, so I spent the past almost 20 years in fashion, uh, doing all different sorts of things for fashion companies, big fashion companies, small fashion companies, handbags, jewelry, clothing. Um, I like to say uh, I do everything but design. Mm -hmm. So operations, supply chain, mar merchandising, marketing, you name it. My really runs the gamut. I'm like, I'm a generalist, yes. um, which sometimes gets a bad rap, but it, I, it, it's what makes the ship go. Yes. yes. <laughs> I like to say, I know enough about most things to be dangerous in the fashion world and not, not, not which is life sometimes all you need just to make it work and I, then we'll figure it out while we're going. It works. It yeah. worked. Yeah. So here we are. Um, right. Some of it is just the common sense and be, not being afraid to ask questions and, and all of those things. So I had a great career in fashion. I had a bunch of different jobs. Um, and in addition to my professional career, I am a New Yorker. Yes. I um, got married. I have a husband. I now have two children. So I definitely live the New York life. And they love playing hangman here in the living room. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the real deal, right? Yeah. So I think, I think New Yorkers are a special breed mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean you have to live in New York to be a New Yorker, but it's definitely, you know, a state of mind and the hustle and the juggle and all of those things. So I think that's actually probably where it all starts is to understand that I was living in this place wearing a ton of hats, right? Yep. The mom hat, the professional hat, the friend hat, the daughter hat, the, yep. all the things. All the hats. Um, and so, um, that, that's kind of where I come from. Yeah. So... Did you grow up in? Did you grow up here in New York? Did you grow no, up? No, I grew up in Tampa, Florida, okay. which is a, an interesting place. Yes. Um, but you know, and and my family still lives there, and it's a great place to visit and yeah. a great place for my kids Especially to have grandparents. Winter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but it is not my speed. I was always itching to go, mm -hmm. so I went to college in the Northeast. Like was when I was packing for my freshman year, like I packed my baby book and my mom was like, Beryl, you know, you can come back. Like you don't need to pack like all your worldly belongings. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to come back. Okay. And that was just, and it was off yeah. to the journey. Oh, so, wow. just, yeah. And then off and we're good to go. Never. Yeah. Why did you choose the Northeast for, for, for college? I wanted to be in a city. So I okay. went to Penn okay. um, and part of my, and my like top choices were Penn and Columbia because I wanted to be in a city. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted, I, I love the energy and the pace. Yep. It's just always been part of who I am. So yeah, so I'm totally a, a city girl at this point. Um, I think again, once you, once you have your kids. Yeah. And once you, I think they say, if you live in New York for 10 years, you're a New Yorker. Okay. I think that's like the word on the street. So that's kind of the, the, the history and the story of where I came from. Gotcha. You've um, always had that drive, obviously getting into Penn. Yeah. Um, that's, that's inherently there right there. So. Yeah. And I also say that when I look now, when I look back at what I've accomplished um, or even where I've fallen short, mm -hmm. I think all of those steps actually led me to where I am this moment. Yeah. And it definitely wasn't a linear path. Again, no, if you had told me is. I was going to be in cannabis, I would have laughed at yeah. you. But 
I went to Penn. I got a master's in government and public policy that I which actually is, didn't do anything with, yeah, but which, which is, is super applicable <laughs> today with what I'm now sort of going through trying to navigate the legal landscape. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, actually, um, that's, that's later on my questions list. But, yeah. Um, when you were growing up, did you, like, obviously you have, you're a very driven person. Uh, I could tell that. I'm right. laughing I could tell because, that, yes, I, I think that's... I, 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 I could tell that right away. Um, most New Yorkers are, <laughs> but you just kind of get that sense. Um, did you guys, did you play any sports when you were a kid? What was your, what was your crux? <laughs> I played sports. I was not super good at them. Um, I'm, I have yeah. good hand-eye coordination, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the day, so I, I played varsity, I would put it in quotes, varsity soccer, okay. only because like at some point they had to put me on the varsity team because like they didn't She's want any. She's a senior any. now. Yeah, pretty okay. much. This and is all, embarrassing. Exactly. And all my friends, um, or uh, I was friends with some very good soccer players. So the day I got into Penn, yeah. um, it was soccer practice and we're sitting on the field and um, one of the girls is like, hey coach, Beryl got into Penn today. And his response was, well, at least you're good at something, Beryl, you know? So yes, I played sports, but. <laughs> where, do you, where do you think that competitive and driven came from? Was it instilled for your parents? Did you, like, I mean, was your mom or your dad's? Probably. I mean, it, it yeah. definitely came from my parents. Um, yeah. Siblings? I mean, somewhat, I have a lot of siblings, okay. yes, definitely. Um, I'm, the, I'm the eldest, mm -hmm. so I think there was, yeah, a lot of it came from my parents. I think they maybe made me too driven. Okay. Uh, and it's interesting also to think about how that makes me want to raise my children, mm -hmm. just to be a little easier on them, actually. To sense of urgency, but also we need quiet time, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. but um, my family, my dad's a lawyer, mm -hmm. right? My mom um, was a professional and then was a stay-at-home mom for us. And it was really, it was like, we were bred to try to be the best. Mm -hmm. And I think, and that was great, but it was a different time. Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna be 40 this year, so mm -hmm. that gives you a sense of like timing, right? So yeah. it was a different time where the way I talk to my children is, yes, of course, we want you to be smart and we want you to be driven, but we want you to be kind yeah. and we want you to be happy. Yeah. And right, the, this sort of more well-rounded. Yeah, and so like I happen to think I turned out fine, so yeah. I'm by no means criticizing them. You seem to have done very well it, I think everything's okay, <laughs> thank God. Um, but yeah, I think I do, definitely it was a... I would come home with a 98 and it was sort of like, well, what happened to the other two points oh, there? Wow. You know, and, okay. and, yeah, and granted yeah. that was, it, it was half joke, yeah. half serious. But it's, um, still, it's still there though. But it's there. It's yeah, there. it's there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it was just, and, and I have a lot of personality traits that are very similar to my father who is very driven. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I think it just probably, a little bit of nature and a little bit of nurture. And it goes on from there. Yeah. We all we all we all work within our with our boundaries of where we came from. Exactly. So that's awesome. Well, you've, it's turned out very well, <laughs> and there's actually a lot of your customers now that need to be able to thank you for that and that experience. But we're still not there yet. Yeah. So you got to Penn. You got a master's degree, and you said government affairs, mm -hmm. which seems so far from this, but yeah. it's not. Exactly. It's, it's not, It's though. like a closely related cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you're just like, there's all these things from people's past that you're like, this is such a detour and then you're like this is so relevant yeah this and that's so i think relevant. what's so cool about professional life today again sort of versus like i look at my father as an example like he went to law school 
He's been a practicing lawyer for his entire life. People, he's still practicing, people right? Like, right. My, my mom is a nurse. My dad is an engineer. They are both nurses and engineers exactly. to this day. Exactly. That's what they do. I got a master's in government and public policy, worked for IBM for two years, decided I hated it, said I wanted to quit and go to fashion school. And my parents literally thought I was losing my mind. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like you have a job, like a good job. Like, don't you want the watch? You know, don't you want to stay at IBM for however long? Like yeah. you have job security, you can transfer to different cities. And I was like, but I hate this yeah. and I'm going to work. I'm going to spend more waking hours working than I do anything else. So I better figure out how to enjoy this. I wonder if lifestyle design is a new concept or I'm just you know, like we, we may have not been aware of that at a certain time. Yeah. And like you grew up in a, you get a profession, you grow up in like, is this a new age kind of thing? Or is, are we just becoming well aware of this thing? And it's, people who listen to their, their, their insides. It's probably a little bit of everything, right? In the sense that like the world is smaller. So you hear about the other mm -hmm. things more than, right? Like pre real internet and pre whatever you yeah. only knew what your localized community did and now, right and now it's a giant community right and now you're like oh that person they make a living by like writing about where they travel yeah. that's cool yeah, like I, I want to do that <laughs> right so I even see it reflected in my kids like what do you want to do I mean which I don't ask them but sometimes they talk about what they want to do and you said they're almost five almost and five and almost seven okay so what do you want to do like oh I want to make video games like, right, can you, I'm like, amazing. Like, but I never in a million years would have said that when yeah. I was little, right? I would have been like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Yeah, I'm going to, like, just like you, Dad. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Much to his chagrin, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> However, it's still probably a sore subject. Sorry, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> so you, you, had a, you did have a government affairs job for a little bit, is that I correct? I did, okay. I did. I worked for IBM. Um, so it was a private sector job, but doing consulting for the public sector. Okay. Um, so I had a stint where we did a project for USAID, mm -hmm. rolling out a new software for them. Super, super, super exciting. Super fun, super fun. <laughs> and then actually I participated, my second consulting job as part of IBM was um, working with FEMA for Hurricane Katrina. Oh wow. So that project actually was incredible and the experience was phenomenal, but, but bureaucracy, bureaucracy and navigating that. And I, I just didn't feel like I was effective in executing I, and change. I read that in one, I think it was in Gotham. It was one of your interviews and you're like, I'm not, I'm not having an immediate impact on, yeah. on things. And even when I did, which the FEMA project I did, which was super fun, it also felt so like I was taking advantage of a bad situation in order to affect progress in my career uh, and it just felt yeah it didn't feel right and I learned so much and it was incredible um but it wasn't fulfilling all aspects of what you needed it to. definitely wasn't mm -hmm. and there was I was traveling all over mm -hmm. which I was young so it was fine but yep. I wasn't able to build a community and be somewhere and it just it didn't fit with what as I started to decide what I wanted because mm -hmm. part of the reason I stayed at Penn and got my master's is because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I wanted to sort of postpone the decision-making process. I love the, let's, I'm not sure what I want to do with my life, but let me become a specialist yeah, in something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like let me stay in school. So the reason I even fell into that job is, be, it fell into that graduate program is because one of my favorite professors in undergrad taught in this graduate program uh, and was like, I kind of need a TA. Yeah. And I was like, you mean I can get paid to study and help you? And like, 
only pay a little bit for like another degree from an Ivy League institution. Sounds, sign me up. Where's the, where's the I form? was like, I think that's <laughs> something I should say yes to, yeah. right? Um, yeah, so, it's well, such a very low risk, all upside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so also by the time, right? So I was 22 when I graduated college. 24 when I had my master's, and I worked for a couple of years at IBM. So at this point, I'm 26, which yeah. I think it does take. I mean, definitely when I was 26, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> um, but and now I know I still know only a little. Um, but I think it takes until that point to even be able to contemplate and be like, no, actually like, cause some of the first jobs are just about getting a job yeah. and like showing up at work and what's work appropriate. And I don't know. I don't, I, I, I believe in the new generation. I think they'll figure it out. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of it is just kind of like figuring out what those yeah. playbooks are. So you're there, you're working for IBM and you're just not getting that fulfillment that you want and a giant right turn, left turn, over into fashion. Yeah. So I took my savings. I enrolled in Parsons. Okay. Uh, I enrolled in the associate's degree program for design okay. with no intention of ever designing. Oh, so like you have a master's, but you're like, nope, I'm going to just start here from, from ground level. So I tried to get a job in fashion. Yeah. And this is again, like, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, whatever, 15 years ago. And no one would hire me. Okay. They were like, you have no fashion experience. And I was like, I know, but like, but not I could, for nothing. I have two I'm Ivy League degrees. Super like, smart. I can make things work. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it was like, no, you don't, you know, you don't have any experience. Like maybe you could be the um, uh, receptionist. And again, I have no problem working my way up, but, but I'm there's, also, there's no path after right, that. Uh, and also <laughs> you're talking about like, okay, wait, how am I going to live off of a set? Like, right. Like yeah. I can't do that. So I really used, not so to I mention end- the family back backlash on that one. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I would have had to make some, that would have been persona non grata. Yeah, You'd like, have to I lie. So. Exactly. Um, I, right. I would have to be like, I'm a something in training. I would have just had to like come up with something, but, um, yeah. So I, and, and based on where I come from again, it's like, Education is a stepping stone. So I thought to myself, well, if I can't get the job that I want, I want to learn the skills so that I can position myself to get this job. I'm very rational, sometimes to a fault. So I like to kind of see the path and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this and this is why. And if it makes sense to me, then it should make sense to everyone else. Of course. You Um, and I are very similar. (laughs) There you go. So yeah, so went to Parsons, really had an awesome time. Got my first like C in my life in fashion drawing. You know, I mean, it was well beyond my my skill set, but the way that I approached it was that fun though, because you were like out of your comfort zone. It was, and and I'd never done that before. And the way I really approached it was, I know business, I know common sense. I there's a lot of things I know, but what I don't know is anything about fashion and how like a garment is actually made. And if I'm going to work on the, I kept saying the business side of fashion is what I wanted to do. And this is before like the publication business of fashion existed. Like this was, none of it did. And everyone kind of looked at me and was like, well, what's the business side of fashion? And I'm like, well, I can't explain it to you, but but it makes money. So there has to be a business side of it, right? So design and sort of merchandising were the, and operations were the parts that people talked about. But coming from having a little bit of work experience and just the way that I saw the world was kind of, well, don't these things all have to connect with a strategy? Yep. And that's what I want to be involved in. So I really used the my time at Parsons to learn 
to learn and to intern. Okay, so you actually didn't like, I don't care about scratching, sketchings and those kind of things. You're like, I want to deal with the operational aspects of a business, but also like, just here's the arc of this business. Yeah, and I and wanted to... The customers that we're going to serve, how we're going to work with them. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do, but I knew my instinct of needing to understand like the nitty gritty of fashion was important and I couldn't even explain why, but I just felt like that was a skill set I didn't have and I would never be a professional in. But but you need to know. Yeah, just to experience. So drawing, draping, pattern making. I'm in in this widget industry. In this widget industry, if you don't get the widget, like how that widget is made. Exactly right. At um, least, and and especially because at that time, which it's less so now, which is indicative by the fact that no one would give me a job, mm -hmm. fashion really thought it was special. Yeah. Right? Like that it was, that it had its own skill set, even though so much of it was applicable coming from consulting because you're solving problems and making things better. But just being able to speak the language. Makes a big difference. Exactly. So I used that. I had a couple of different internships and kind of like viewed the world in matrix form, right? Because I was like, okay, here are the different jobs I could do. Here are the different size companies. So how do I line them up to have as many different experiences? Right. So I was like, okay, big company, I'll do sales. Okay. That wasn't so good. Like sales is like working in a showroom isn't for me. Big company wasn't so good. Okay, you know, and so I just go to a small company. You'll get more experience because they just need someone, a competent human being, to do these things. Exactly right. So then I did like a small company in production, and I was like, all right, I like the smaller company, but this company was too small. So this is you took this more of a journey of like self discovery. Oh, for sure. More than I'm like, I need to get you know whatever your goals are, money or status or whatever else you're like this is I'm just my journey through life and I'm gonna I'm gonna find my passion yeah for better or for worse that has been my view for I mean a long long time yeah I I find my more successful friends are very much like that they don't work for money they they work for what their passion is and obviously money is a nice byproduct of that I mean I used to joke (laughs) so one of my internships was at theory and I ended up getting a job at theory and I worked there for almost five years and I used to joke if only I could pay my rent with theory clothes right like (laughs) and so there is a little bit of like yeah you're passionate about it but there is to your point like you do need money yeah yeah this is New York it's expensive yeah. yeah um but yeah. yeah, so I, I find that, that that's an amazing view to enter. Thanks. Oh, so, thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, hopefully it's serving me because here I am, right? I yeah. Think- yeah. And, by, and P.S. I'll just pause for this, but before the interview, I'm literally looking at the Brooklyn Bridge right now. You have an amazing view on on, on your apartment right thank here. You. So thank you so much. Um, on Poplar Street. On Poplar I, Street, yeah, which right. which uh, I answered the question even before walking the door. I'm like, oh, that's where the name of the company came from. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's a good naming story. Yeah. Um, we'll but- get to that in, in just a second. All right. Perfect. So yeah. So anyways, I, I did that journey. One of my internships led to a job. I was at theory. I followed a boss from theory to Kate Spade. Um, while at Kate Spade, I met my husband. We got engaged. Like, you know, all the, I had a baby, like all, we got married. The, 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 you know, the, the welcome was, to life kind of event yes, of your life. That yeah. was now we're adulting. the order that it happened pro- in, which is yeah. fine, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, so, so you're there. Yeah. So I'm there. What was your last position in, in fashion before? I was the CEO of a company called State Bags, okay. which is a one-for-one backpack company. Okay. If anyone's in the market for a bag, you should 100% check it State out. State Bags. Exactly. Okay. There's, a, um, there's your plug for the day. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was my last role. So I think that's a lot of where the journey came from is yep. back to the wearing many hats, yep. right? I was a New Yorker running a startup fashion company, doing all of these things, um, and for... 
years I had been on an SSRI, mm-hmm. an antidepressant, um, and I can kind of backtrack to, to that story in a minute, but I had been on an SSRI mm-hmm. for a couple of years, for five or six years, and through the course of a natural a checkup, yep. like, you know, a, an annual checkup, yep. I, um, I said, so what are my options to go off of this antidepressant? Mm-hmm. And... The answer was like, what do you mean go off this antidepressant? Like, we don't recommend, literally, we don't recommend women in their 30s who are professional, who are mothers, go off their antidepressants. Like, you're, and, stay and to, on it. And to you, this was this was just out of left. Like, this was just like, huh? Well, part <laughs> of it is, so I do believe there is a time and a place for mm-hmm. antidepressants. Mm-hmm. This is by no means my like, ditch it all and yeah. go holistic. Like, that is not the soundbite here. But for me, so in um, 2011, I lost my brother in a tragic accident and essentially was diagnosed after a lot of work with therapists and psychologists and et cetera with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and the one of the aids, I wouldn't even say cures, right? But like one of the yep. um, Band-Aids for that is an SSRI, an SSRI and the one that I was put on that worked with my body, yeah. et cetera, was Prozac. So what I do say is that this was 2017 when I wanted to go off of it. So about right? six years later. So on. it was six years later. So for me, I said, but yes, I had PTSD and maybe I still have residual yeah, yeah. lingers, I, I, but at the same time, it's been six years. So, yeah. which I always think is an important sort of asterisk to the story. Like if yeah. you are significantly depressed, you know, if you have suicidal thoughts, et cetera, like do not mimic my journey. See a therapist, see a medical yes, professional. Exactly. This is not recommendation. Exactly. But for me, yeah. I was kind of like, but yeah. are there other options? And for you to just tell me there are no other options because six years ago, my life changed forever. Doesn't seem... You're not the kind of person to be told no. Yeah. Or at least I want to know what my options are. And if yeah. I decide that staying on the Prozac is what's best for me, then... Yep or with my doctor, if that's what we decide is best, then of course, Mm -hmm. but there has to at least be an option. Was was there a reason you wanted to, I mean, this is kind of a personal question, but was there a reason that you wanted to maybe transition off of that? Honestly, it was, I kind of even stumbled upon being reminded of the Prozac, quite honestly, by Mm -hmm. accident. So Mm -hmm. I was talking with my doctor, actually, I'd had both of my children and I was actually having a conversation about what birth control to be on. And the conversation was, well, do you want birth control with hormones or no hormones? And my instinct was like, well, let's start with no hormones. You know, I'm pretty natural. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's see. And I always say natural, like on a scale of, you know, one to 10, where 10 is the person you don't want to be friends with because they're too weird. (laughs) I'm like a six, right? So especially after having my children and we use all fragrance free stuff or I'm not a big makeup person. Everything that I use is organic when it can be like, yeah, just made a lot of those changes. Um, you know, we don't clean with harsh we, cleaning supplies. We've lived forever with natural goods, and only the last century we've incorporated a lot of these chemicals into our lives. Exactly. I'm not sure that's the best. And both of my children have sensitive skin, so when they were born, that was something that we kind of dealt with and mm-hmm. sort of rid our home of a lot of So that you were stuff. exploring more natural options. Is yeah. And, maybe and, to sum it up wor- a bit. and it was the zeitgeist, yeah. or it is the zeitgeist, yeah. right? And so far be it for me to be like, oh, oh, just I was, you know, it's yeah. it, it was out there. So... I I just literally said to myself, well, or said to my doctor, like, well, what are my other, I, of course I want the no hormone, let's just try that. That yep. was my instinct. And she said, well, yeah, you're natural, like, except for the Prozac. 
And that was sort of my aha moment. I hadn't even, I mean, it, it actually didn't even dawn on me. Every day when I took that little pill, it, was it wasn't routine. like, right. It wasn't like, oh, I am taking this foreign, right? Mm-hmm. I, it was instead like, all right, I'm taking it with my Cape Aloe and my cranberry pills, my chlorophyll and my, yeah. right, like all the other. Like, yeah. It didn't exactly, the, didn't exactly blend in, but in your head, but it was my, part of your routine. Exactly. And so that really is what led me to think to myself, well, what are the other options? Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm also just not very good when someone tells me no. Yes. Yeah. That's a, very, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a driver of personality. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just started researching like okay. natural alternatives, like Googling natural yeah. alternatives to SSRIs. Like yeah. how does a woman in her thirties go off antidepressants, <laughs> you know, all the things. And did Google autofill the remainder of that one? That's, that's a very specific one. I don't think so. Actually, okay. I don't think so. Um, yeah. And this is pre, so also just to level set, right. Yep. 2017 is pre CBD boom, yep. right. CBD really reached its peak in 19. Some people claim it would, you know, kind of begin in 18, but um, so yeah, I I went off on a self-discovery path and I, you know, there are people who I'm close with in my life who use cannabis, who've always used cannabis. I hadn't touched it since college. Mm-hmm. The way they used it, particularly men in my life, the way they used it was not the way. You didn't appeal to you. Yeah, it was dirty. It was in like a thing. There was a grinder. Like it just, it, yeah. it was, it did not speak to me. Um but I, in my research, it kept popping it up, kept coming up, mm-hmm. and you know, I guess I just like followed the trail, yeah. And uh, went out and visited some friends who lived in California. Had my first dispensary experience. Started dabbling, and went back to my doctor ultimately and said, "I want to try to use cannabis and lower my SSRI dosage." And the problem there is like, there's not very much clinical research on this. So I'm sure a doctor's like, listen, show me some, something that's reputable. I'm happy to entertain these things. I had to work pretty hard to find like a partner in this journey. Um, And then ultimately, because it's also, they could lose their license. Like there's, there's, and, and PS, just to levels that, right? Like cannabis, medical cannabis was legal in New York, but not discussed. Okay. Um, So the medical cannabis program did exist, but it was rare that it was like a discussion in 17. Um, like, I don't know that I knew anyone who like had a card and talked about gotcha. it. Gotcha. It wasn't even, like, it wasn't what it is today. Right. Here. Even my friends whose moms, you know, if they had breast cancer, like even people yeah. who were sick, like too, it was not really not a, a conversation, at least in my circles, okay. um, of, of what was happening nor. Yeah. So I, Worked with a doctor and essentially create what what the what she helped me do is create some guardrails like don't decrease more than X milligrams faster than Y timeline. Gotcha. Stay on it for a couple of weeks. Explain to me what the half life of the Prozac was and how that would affect my how I felt and how long it would take to sort of feel the withdrawal and. I mean, they had a hunch that you were going to do it anyway. And you're like, I can, I'm going to do this. uh, But like, I would like to do this with, with some guidance on this one. And exactly. And that I was kind of going to do it on my own. Yeah. I'm going to do it on my own anyway. Like if if you are going to, if I'm going to do this, how would one get off of this anyway? Asking for a friend. Yeah. yeah, Asking asking for a friend. (laughs) I'm I'm glad you gave them a choice, but, um, but no, I mean like that's, I mean, were they open to that or was it kind of more of a, I mean, I ultimately like, 
you know, went through my network of my doctors and people that I had relationships with, yep. asked for referrals, and and found someone. Who how was long was this? Too. How long was this process uh, from initial conversation of you can't go off this to here's our plan? Months. Okay. Okay. Um, but again, I think almost the the like you can't do that yeah. made me be like, Psh, of course. <laughs> yes, I can. Watch, hold my beer. Exactly, <laughs> pretty much. Like, really? I can, yeah. right? Like, like I got to see in drawing at yeah. Parsons. Like, I can do this, yeah. you know? Like, I like. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it, it definitely a couple of months, and then the rest of it took another like chunk of time, right? Because your transition off of your transition off to figure out what worked, what modality did I like what milligrams worked. Was it also hard to find stuff here in, in New York at that time? Yeah. I okay. mean, almost every, so I ended up adding a combination of CBD and then full cannabis, including THC to my regimen. Gotcha. And I now have a medical card in New York yep. and, um, certainly get, uh, you know, yep. products from, uh, medical dispensaries in New York. Mm-hmm. But that is not where the best products are. The best products are in legal markets yep. um, where adult use is legal. So the Californias of the world, um, Colorado, Oregon, Washington. Um, and most people, I would say, in New York are getting things elsewhere and bringing yep. them back. What was the, I mean, I know with the 2018 Farm Bill that became yeah. legal, what was the legality at the time with this? Obviously, we could all know for THC, but with, with CBD in here in New York, because I'm, I'm kind of ignorant of, no. of, of that. No, no, no. Good question. So so I went through this journey in 17 and sort of at the, at, like, I would say January of 18 had this aha moment of, oh my God, I need to do I need to do something with this. Like yeah. I had this journey and it was really hard to then find products. Like yeah. I know how to build brands and storytell and create a website. Like let's do this. So it, so that was a little bit of the journey, but which I can certainly talk about, but I think fast forward was I was, I needed to figure out what the legality was because yeah. it was very complicated. When you read online, you would get a lot of conflicting information. Oh, so much misinformation. So one of the linchpins of A, my journey, and B, like creating Poplar, was being connected with a lawyer who told me that CBD was legal and that I could sell it on the internet. Okay. And they were like, yep. And I was like, amazing. Can I sign a retainer? Yeah. And will you cover any legal costs uh, if this information is challenged in court? (laughs) So there are a lot of different legal opinions. Um, uh, You know, my legal counsel. Was that before or after the the farm bill? Pre-farm bill. So So this is early 18. So farm bill was late, like was end of 18. So a lot of people view that the 2018 farm bill was a confirmation of what was outlined in the 2014 farm bill. And I'm pretty sure it's 14, but a confirmation of the previous farm bill that had said, um, that had just created more guardrails around what is legal, but that it wasn't necessarily a new legality. Gotcha. It pushed it to the forefront. Yes. Extra double stamp. And gave and created it a little bit bigger because there was a um, a hemp program in New York, but it was very, very small. And so it also made, yep. gave a little clarity around how large it could be and how it could open up. And then many people did see that as the official green light. Okay. Um, and that's when this boom just just literally took off. Yeah. So, mo- so a lot of brands, um, if you, a lot of sort of first to market brands 
found were founded in 18. Okay. That's a lot of like when you see um, the the beginning um, and several of the brands we carried were, were started then mm-hmm. um, and that. What were some of those? So I'm pretty sure Rosebud, mm-hmm. Plant People, uh, Herb Essentials, like mm-hmm. those brands existed yep. uh, or at least were on their way to existing because when I started saying like, oh, I'm going to do something in the CBD and cannabis space, you know, New York is small yeah. and you kept kind of being like, oh, well, do you know, blah, 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 they're going to do something. Right. And you get kept kind of getting the same people's yeah. names, um, which, which, well, first I also got a lot of, you're going to do what? <laughs> CB who? <laughs> why, why, why do people want to take cannabis and not get high? That nobody wants to do that. It's, it's like, it, like, it was like NA beer. Literally. Yeah. It was like, no, I mean, the amount of people who told me no one is going to want that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think you're wrong. Like, again, this is pre-data, right? Like, I mean, yeah. th- I don't know, maybe some, maybe there's some data somewhere. But, but just this so, is, anecdotally, this like, is pe- people always knew, like, I have cannabis, I get high. Exactly. Like, and that was the point. Exactly. And that was the paradigm casually that I knew it as Very well. Much and so. then everyone I've ever talked to Very knows it so. as Very well. Very much so. Like, why are you taking it if you're not getting high? Yeah. Right? So, and and then, so I I knew, again, as a mother and as you know, a professional and as a New Yorker, there are plenty of times you want relief and not yeah. to be high. Like I need to, I need to be functioning today. Right. Yeah. There are also many THC things you can take and not get high, but mm-hmm. that I only learned later in my journey. And I think that's even harder to wrap yeah. your mind around because you really need to know what you're dealing with. Yep. But the idea that like, oh my God, I can take this and go to work and, and like- Just totally be functional. I'm and good to go. And pass a drug test yeah, yeah. depending on what you take. But yep. you know, all of those things. So um, so you were doing the research right now. You said it, it's cool and legal. Stuff. So you yeah. had this, is the idea for Poplar in your head right now that you are sourcing these things or you're just, you're sourcing this for your own self? I am looking for products for myself and I sort of, in tw- early 2018, wake up to the idea that there's something here and I can't shake it from my mind. And it's, there's a business opportunity, there's a health opportunity, there's a wellness opportunity. And so it's in, starting to grow. And it's, and instead of you know, always being in fashion and being a type A, et cetera, like I, I've always worked all the time. And for the first time, I started thinking about something else. And it didn't have an idea. Like it wasn't, oh my gosh, I'm going to create a website. But it was something. It was, a, it, it was a piece of slice of your time. And, and it started, and I started thinking about it and I started asking people, does anybody know anybody who works, works in weed? Like anybody know it? Like I just kind of started casually. Like I think of life in quarters because mm-hmm. months go too fast. Weeks definitely go too fast. But like, that just seems like a chunk of Quarters are big enough time that you could focus yeah. on something and, and see a start an action and then yeah, a result. Exactly. Not to mention the fact that like, you know, if you have any PL responsibility, you care about a quarter. So I just, it, again, in retrospect, like Q1, I was just like, of 2018, it was, it was, it was this nascent thing that I couldn't squash that ended up being fun fodder to talk about. I dig it. And so it was like, it was out there. It was percolating. And it was neat because I'm sure if you're at Social Gate, you're dealing with like a lot of fashion people all the time. And then like this new thing's coming around and you're knowledgeable about yeah. it. Yeah. And like, you're not just knowledgeable about it. Like you're looking to this yeah. to be a cure for your... For, well, you're for, right. For, it's like, what's going on? It's like, actually, I'm thinking about going off my antidepressant and using cannabis. Like talk about a party starter. Yeah. Like, you know? just like, like, yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. And, yeah. and again, I think a, a large part of it, which we haven't actually hit on is... When I looked, when I was going through my exploration, I really saw 
all the products sitting in th- one of three categories. Okay. Stoner, uh-huh. witchy, like mm-hmm. crystals, and yeah. a, or medical. And it, 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 you don't want to like box everybody of in, but like in our head course. as humans, that's how we compartmentalize and digest I'm making, information. I'm certainly making a generalization. But yeah, yeah, totally. But like, I get it though. It's like you do see the stoner stuff, you do see the witchy stuff, and then you do see the medical. Yeah. And again, coming from fashion and being a New Yorker and all of these things, like none, those three buckets did not appeal to me. Yeah. And none of the products that fit squarely in those, you know, sort of three compartments would fit in my medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of what, I, like, there, and Poplar, 100%. You didn't want, like, a grinder and a bubbler in your right. medicine cabinet? Right, <laughs> Like, well, maybe now I do, but yeah. they look super beautiful, right? <laughs> I think it's the idea also that I, coming from fashion, understood the idea of lifestyle and brand. And that at the end of the day, if it didn't feel, if I, if it, if it didn't feel like something I wanted in my life, no matter what the sort of therapeutic benefits were, I wasn't going to use it. And that was also eventually when it turned into an aha moment, the moment was like, oh my gosh, there are starting to be these brands out there. There will be more of them. I want to curate those brands. And I, my favorite question of all these interviews is what was that aha moment? When did that was like click of like, this is an idea, but when did that become of like, I need to do this? Where were you? So, was it raining that day? I'll tell you when I told yeah. my husband, okay. I guess, because that's when I... When you vocalize it, it makes it real. when I first... Um, exactly, when I first verbalized it. So we were sitting at this table. I love it. Eating sushi dinner, <laughs> like order in. Um, it was... Well, I guess it's important to say... When you run a startup, you can't have a side hustle. When you work for a startup, maybe you can have a side hustle, or especially when you work for a large company. But when you work for a, I run a startup, it, yeah. I, I just don't think it's appropriate. There's no time. Right. So, and you're supposed to be constantly thinking about that startup. So um, I stopped working at State in May of 18, knowing that I wanted to really flush out this idea but not knowing what the idea was. Ooh, so, so you, I, you leaped without the, oh my God, totally. the fully formed parachute. Totally. There, so yeah. I said to my husband, like, I want to do something. I don't know what it is, but I, I see it. And, you know, and then I want to be able to phase out of the startup and do the right thing and all of those things. So then I was able to kind of free my mind to like really figure out what it was that I wanted to do. Because that hamster's running all day long thinking about backpacks. Yeah. And it's got to like, it's got to, exactly it's got to right. move over to something else. So what was that, that conversation? So, so I, so he, he was yeah. kind of like, uh, like I just said, I want to figure it out, you know, and we decided like, okay, what's our timeline and what does that look like as a family and all of those things. And, um, and so he was like, we'll take the summer to like, think about what you want to do, et cetera. And yeah. then we'll kind of figure it out. So middle of the summer, we're eating sushi. And I said to him, I want to start the net a of cannabis. And for anybody who, like myself, didn't know what Net-A-Porte is ahead of time. Yeah. It's a luxury online retailer, to put it super, like, so they sell other people's products, so it's curated, and they, so Net-A-Porte, Net-A-Porte was one of the first online e-tailers that sold, like, Gucci, as an example. And you'll just have a collection of different... Correct. So when people said, oh, no one's ever going to buy a, you know, $800 pair of shoes online, or a... $1,500 $1,500 watch or whatever, yeah. they proved that wrong. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, again, so fill in sort of analogy that makes sense to you. The Bloomingdale's of the, yep. mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, but we currently sell other people's product, yeah. which, right. And we curate that 
product. It has to both sort of look beautiful, which is a very subjective lens. Mm -hmm. And then on the objective side, it has to be third party tested. You know, they need to be available to answer our questions. Like there's a lot of due diligence that goes in to deciding what's on the site. So that's... Which which leads to your promises, which we'll get to a bit in a bit. Yeah. So So when did that idea land? When was that day? When was that like, okay, we got, this is what we're going to be doing. I'm going to do a metaportal. It was probably like June, July. Of 18. um, Of 18. And my husband's reaction was pretty epic. It kind of vacillated from like, holy shit, to like, Oh, oh! This like this is good. This is scary. This is, and I have had a, a good lot scary of, though. Yeah, and I've had a lot of harebrained ideas. Um, <laughs> and he's the he is my biggest cheerleader and my harshest critic. Right, That's like awesome. he just really is. So, the fact that he looked at me and was like, I mean, he you could see him kind of mulling it over in his head, and then and only you know thirty seconds or whatever, but it seemed like a long thirty seconds. And then he looked at me and he goes, "That's really good." Yeah. Yeah. Like that's and, he'll, and he's not like, he'll tell you to be like, mm. oh my gosh, yeah. he would tell me yeah. in a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, again, he would. Yes. Yeah. And at least my, I mean, and to my face, oh, right? Like yeah, he yeah. would be like, that's no, yeah. like no. Um, and so that. So also, he's like battle testing it in his head, like those going, 30 you, seconds. And you're like, well, this and this and this. And you're like, well, no, no uh-huh. I'm pretty good. And he <laughs> was like, okay. And I said, you know, and I, I CBD is a thing. It's going to be a huge thing, but. You know, I don't just believe in CBD, but it's the beginning and it's what it's the way we can position ourselves. And I started spouting out all, you know, yeah. and it can be super chic and it can be that. And I start like spouting out all my branding so stuff. You guys like and, brainstorming at the table. Yeah. And and he's like excited, but also kind of like, well, barrel, like yeah. it's going to cost money and timeline, you know, what are we going to do? So I put my head down. So he started asking me all the smart follow-up questions. Like, well, how much do you need? How long is it going to take? Do you yeah. have brands who are going to sell you product? Like, what? What is are you going to do? Simon? Is and I was like, you're asking through? me. To, you're at, like, I'm telling you things like, as the as Those are evolves. operational questions. We will right. figure them out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, like, you're harshing my mellow. No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, fast forward. We I put my head down. We... Uh, and we launched November 1st, 2018. Okay, like, so between, between like you said, May, right? And then it no- was like, so May I stopped working at State. Yeah. I would say like June, July, I was like, here's what it's going to be. Cool. So you got three months to get rock and roller. And I really yeah. believed that being first was going to be important. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to sprint. Um, yep. And I would say it's the first time in my career that I settled for not perfect okay. and really started to understand like what is an like a minimum viable yeah, as I say like is an MVP that you're exactly. looking to, to, to roll out and like let's just get there and yeah. then we can refine it I want to pause before we get to the MVP because we're gonna get into some tech questions on those okay but like you know and at first I'm like where did Poplar come from and I'm like I know it's a tree and then you sent me we're at your condo today and I'm uh-huh. like oh we're on Poplar Street. Yes. I get it. Yes. Um, you know, what was what was that kind of naming search for that? You wanted to, didn't want to make it sound too stony yeah. or medical. Yeah. Like, how do we, all how do we find no, all this? No, for sure. So um, we, my husband and I met in Fire Island. Um, that's where, like, we did our summer weekends. And we still go there now with our kids. And um, that's sort of our, like, happy place. So actually, the summer of 18, we always love inviting our friends right out to the beach. So what I did is I had a whole list of all the names I was playing around with. And I had guardrails for those names. So I wanted it to be 
I didn't want it to be a word that was spelled differently. Okay. So I didn't want it to be like... Like a work? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Again, and this is yeah. no disrespect to those very successful companies, yeah, yeah, but yeah. this was my... This, like, these are your... Yeah. yeah. It needed to be... It couldn't be confusing to spell um, or like, you know, a, a French word brought, you know, like colloquialized or anything like that. I didn't want any puns on cannabis. So no like. So no lit up then? No. Exactly. Exactly. No like grass or high this or, yeah. you know, whatever. I like that. I like that. Um, and. It needed to be available. The I like need the IP available. needed to be available, yeah. right? So I wanted to be able to trademark it. It needed to be able to have the Instagram handle and other, like all yeah. of those things. Um, so I had a list and like brainstormed a bunch of the stuff on the list. Um, so and so our subway stop is High Street. Yep. So there was like a lot of playing around with that. New Amsterdam was one of the working names, but actually, um, and I don't know if it's still on, but there was a show on NBC, ABC, whatever, that was coming out. It was like a medical show. I remember yes, that. Yeah. It was coming out. So they own the URL. So that was off the list, but we had like some options. Um, and so when people would come to our house for the, for, for over the summer for the weekend, yeah. we essentially would try out the names. Uh, so we would be like, Hey, you know, Jen, like our friends, like, Oh, we're hey, this where we would be like, okay, this weekend we're trying out the name Poplar. Did you go to Poplar? Did you get it from Poplar? Like, I love that. We would little, like live role playing games. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, someone told me also when you're, it, this was after we had our children, but similar to when you're working on naming a child, go to Starbucks and give that as the name and see how it gets shouted out back to you. <laughs> For future so anyways, ordering hassles. Exactly. Well, and just like, did you like it? Did you not? Like, well, you, you vocalize it. You make those things exactly. real and it's like it comes out. So I totally exactly. get that. That's interesting. I'll, I'll try that for, <laughs> exactly. for children one of these days. But yeah, so we tried it out yeah. and we just, and it stuck it's and we stuck. liked it. It's a great name. And we yeah. decided to run with it. And it, I thought it was a playoff popular. That, uh, which also it kind of can yeah. be, right? Yeah. Which so it, it that was that was my first initial, you know, when I heard it, I'm yeah. like, hmm, it hits a like lot that. of, it hit a lot on a lot of boxes. It checked a lot of boxes, yeah, 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 right? It yeah. was okay. Why did you, for the URL? Why did you go with shop hyphen? So someone has Poplar. Okay, it's a defunct. Like it's. It's, it's not real. Yeah. Like, it's just sitting out Somebody there. Somebody love trees one day. And I just guess. And like, sit on this. Yeah. Okay. And we've reached out to them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we reached out to them before we launched yeah. to try to get it and didn't really get a response and then got a response of some crazy price. So in a perfect world, if anyone yeah. knows the person who uh, who's yeah. listening, who o- who owns com, I would like it. But so that that was actually one of the only rubs. Okay. But, but it's what it is. You gotta make it. Yeah. Gotta make it work. Move and and when you Googled it, no one was bidding on Poplar. There was no other like the first thing that came up when you Googled it was like the Wikipedia link for, oh, for Poplar. The tree. Yeah, yeah, like it would. So it seemed pretty clean. I didn't have to break any association. It didn't have like I trademarks and other. It wasn't trademark exactly. There's a lot of complications around trademarking cannabis businesses in and of itself. But, yes, that's a whole different. That's that, a whole different like, show. Exactly, but um, <laughs> but it did like. But I did. We ran tests on it before. Okay. And we like ran it through the database to make sure it could be ours. And just at Poplar was available on Instagram, which some people think Instagram's even more important. It's than what much your more important. URL is. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that, that's 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 all all good things there. So you yeah. got your name, got your website, you're ready to go. Now, a uh, few techie questions on this yeah. one. Selling online. 
yeah. not necessarily legal. Merchant processing, the world I come from, not uh-huh. necessarily legal uh-huh. for these things. What did launch version MVP of Shop Popular look like? A really good question. So we sprinted to launch on Shopify. Yeah. Uh, so I, which definitely was the right choice. I think it it would have been impossible to get something custom up and running in that time frame. Yep. Uh, and, but we did very minimal customization because I didn't, believe that Shopify was our long-term home. So I didn't want to like overcomplicate the templates. Make it look nice. Make it look nice, but exactly. So, so we built it on Shopify um, and we plugged in some payment processors and I had my lawyer say I could do it. Um, You were in the high, you were in the high risk categories with the payment processors too, right? Yes. Okay. We were in high risk, but they said we could do it. We said we were, we, and we said we're a health and beauty website, right? Like, so we launched day one. So we had PayPal on the site. Day one, PayPal got shut down. Like, and not even that, like we turned it on and we got like 70 million orders. It's just like For PayPal, sorry. boom, done, boom, like done. took it off. So we had other, like we are, we also had, um, another merchant processor, but it was super. It was super high risk. And you're paying eight percent. Oh my gosh! Something crazy. Like, so yeah. yeah, out the wazoo. Um, but one of the most important things that I had an idea. Well, two like techie things that I wanted to do at the beginning, which I happen to believe, you know, what made us special, is number one, we built a a layer that sits on top of the website where you have to enter your zip code mm-hmm. before you could add anything to your cart. Mm-hmm. So at this time, right, it's pre-farm bill, which is confirming the legality of CBD. Um, and also because of the complications around the fact that cannabis is not federally legal, yep. but instead is legal on a state level, there was a lot of anticipation that eventually that format would trickle down to CBD. Yep. So what I wanted to do and what always the goal was for Poplar was to be so above board that we were almost like beyond reproach. So even if no one cared that we were, as an example, shipping things to South Dakota, I still didn't want to. You wanted that ahead of time, like we're we're aggressive at this. So if there's any regulatory oversight upon this, they're like, we self-regulated ourselves ahead of time. Exactly. Just to be above, as much above board as we could be. And so that when and if that happens, we don't have to shut down, right? I can turn those things on and off. It's a good working theory. Yes, exactly. (laughs) At least, yeah. Exactly. It seems smart, right? So, and, you know, point of differentiation and all of those things. And and also the plan eventually has always been in, in a perfect world to move into cannabis. So also just to have options, since we already know cannabis is highly regulated at a state level, mm-hmm. that just gave us an We're gonna have to do this anyway, let's just do it now. Exactly, so we built that. The other thing that we did is we built um, a separate site that was scrubbed of the word cannabis. Mm-hmm. So we tested whether, so you can't advertise on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Google, etc. At least it's very difficult to advertise. Yes. I would say now they do allow some advertising. It's very confusing what is legal, what is allowed, I have some and what is not. Digital marketing friends that you have to be a, a wizard to, yes. to get still that through. Yeah. Uh, but in any, so, but we were the first ones to really have 
what I call this dummy site that is set, that it, that was that we then led marketing to. From a user experience point of view, was that was there any kind of issues that because you're like it's almost like with PayPal, like you click on pay here and then you get it jammed up to another site and it's yeah. not. Yeah, the user experience yeah. is not ideal. We definitely had some high bounce rates and we didn't continue to use that strategy because. I mean, anyone who runs a direct-to-consumer business or advertises knows that cost per acquisition is really high. So we didn't have the marketing budget to continue that. I just wanted to be able to demonstrate I could do it. Okay. And then figure, and then I sort of felt like, okay, and then we'll figure out how to use it. But I want to know if it's even available to us. Um, So we did that, which was pretty cool. Um, And those were some kind of techie things. Some initial things that you guys had your your Shopify dev to to go through. Exactly, exactly. And then now we're actually not on Shopify. We um, are on our own proprietary, totally custom site. When was that relaunch? We launched the new site November... 19. Okay. So actually quite, quite recently mm-hmm. then. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. Three months ago. Yeah. And built in a lot, not all the functionality that we wanted to have. There's still a lot on the roadmap to come, okay. but really built out the navigation and the experience in a much more, in the way we wanted it to, right? Because we were building it from from scratch. With that move off of, because I know Shopify was one of the early ones to allow yeah, for, and now for, for, they for CBD. Definitely are. And they're yeah. huge on that. What was the... What were some of the things that they weren't delivering for you at that at that time? And also, they handled the processing for that as well. So, what were some of the the reasons to switch to a custom? So, build? Shopify yeah. never has never handled the payments. Okay. So you had to deal with a third party payment provider, okay. anyways. My misunderstanding. And, no, it's okay. And actually, um, Square maybe yes. is who you're thinking of. Square does do the payments, and yep. at first, Square was not integrating with Shopify. Now there's a plugin uh, that okay. enables them um, to. To, to, yeah, that. exactly. But um, I, I just, I think Shopify has so many amazing features, mm-hmm. like coming from fashion. I mean, yep. I sell think on Instagram, this, sell on Amazon. Yeah. Sell on yeah. I just think in this unregulated, very complicated market to have, to be, have another person who can shut you down. Yeah. It's just and that's, dangerous. That is your store. Mm-hmm. That is everything right yeah. there. And they have full control over so that. So nobody, I mean technically yeah how they shut you down that the right, fbi like, comes in and raids and right, like, like we're, takes the uh, we web have our servers quote unquote serve i mean it's yeah. in the cloud but like yeah it's all custom so i mean listen we still have to follow the law yeah. and we're by no means going rogue but <laughs> we're pirates right but the more i do think especially in this industry like if a little bit of owning your own destiny gotcha again it takes more money i mean we we ended yes. up spending way more on development oh huge um but I wouldn't take that back because, again, our goal is to eventually roll this platform out to sell, yeah. you know, more than hemp-derived CBD. And once that becomes legal, there is yeah. right, and there is, and to do that on Shopify, like I don't know that they'll ever. Open. That could be any. That could be a. I don't know a, that they'll ever yeah. open up. Gotcha. And that could cannabis. be a, yeah. That could be a click right there, and they could shut right. you down. Where, or where right thing, now or you got thirty days, got to get out of here. Exactly. I like exactly. That. And I didn't want to be my whole. Do thing, you sleep better at night? Yeah, I, my whole yeah. thing is just I don't want to be caught, like, with, you know, yeah. in a problem. The shutdown notice. Yeah, that's yeah. just so. And we, but we had payment processor issues. Like, we've gone through oh. all of those yep. um, hurdles. And, but now, yeah, the site's totally custom. There are definitely still pieces that we, 
you know, again, like yeah. development roadmap pieces. Mm-hmm. But what we really did is we took the best features from the best sites, cannabis aside, yep. CBD aside, right? So and you have seamless, fashion you sites can, are beautiful. Yeah, and, seamless as an example. Yep. You can write, reorder add to cart. Like yep. I just want to reorder this entire order. Let's have that module go in. We have Let's that, that, right? Was so, there, a, I mean, not to get too technical, but was there a platform that you chose that some, had some of those features that you could build in, like a WordPress? You might have different features that you could you could pull in that are, are built right there already? Uh, so we are platform. using an open okay. uh, open source code okay. uh, that I this is a little beyond my pay grade. Gotcha. Um, I have amazing developers who are you know I, obviously who I partner Sounds with. Sounds like a nice side um, business. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and and they they've been incredible. Um, and so we did an analysis of what to build it on in yep. order to determine what made them what was most the most cost efficient and yeah. who else was using what we were oh, using. Oh, you want that reorder thing? That's $50,000 to write that right. code, you know, but and what it can I get will, crazy. Yeah, but what I will say is some of the pain points are that it would be a lot easier to add a lot of the things that we want to add yeah. like on Shopify, but we've decided to do it custom, do it which comes... Way. So there's pros there's and cons. There's a pros and cons on that one. Um, okay. So... I love that. Congratulations on the relaunch. Oh, I think the shop looks you. great. I was navigating around it thank the other you. day, you know, obviously to get prepped up for our interview today. And it, it's, it's very easy to navigate. And I love how when you land, number one, it's mobile responsive, which is huge. It is. But when you land, you guys start with different feelings that you want. It's relax. It could be sex. It could be related to just stress yeah. and like all those other things. So you start at the desired feeling and then you then move through product, Yeah, which is the only way I think of, I could think of selling it this way. And it's, yeah. just, it's just very easy on the eyes as well. But yeah. It took a lot of time to come up with like, yeah. What How, those groups? What those words would uh-huh, say? Yeah, <laughs> uh, sleep is one of them as well. So, and yes. pain management. Um, I started using CBD on my knees, um, and it's it was just day and night, so it really helped. It really it definitely helped. How do you? I, I know you get to go through third party testing. I know you get um, you know those lab results, making sure everything's good and clean, and you're only having those things on there. How do you vet your brands? So we have a group that we call the Poplar 10 that I lean on um, when I need additional help. But I test everything myself. So it literally comes to my apartment. Um, I open it. I go through the experience. What does it smell like? What does the packaging look like? Right. So again, those sort of objective um, bits and pieces. Also... We, I'm super cognizant about the number of SKUs or products on the site, and we want to have a plethora of options, but not too many. And I think in our world today, especially on a lot of these sites, there is so much so choice much that it just then becomes overwhelming you and you decide to buy nothing. And then the cart goes empty. So... Some of it now, not necessarily at the beginning, but now is also like, what holes do we have in the assortment? So, you know, you may have the best 500 milligram, you know, full spectrum tincture, but at this point I already have it. So some of it now also is like, I happen to love your branding. I think it looks beautiful. Your test reports look good, but but tell me when you have other SKUs because I already have this covered. I need more than, I need more than just this. Yeah. So, so that has become a criteria, which is just a function of time, which is the same as yeah. a Blo- Bloomingdale's buyer, right? They yeah. can only buy so many pairs of black pants, yeah. right? Or whatever it may we be. And, black pants and so I think that's, again, like, well, I happen to have a lot of black pants. But yes, that, <laughs> that I think is that sort of fashion hat and that sort of buyer perspective, which is everything needs a very unique reason for being. I like that. It's, I there, am, it's there on purpose and not there just by happenstance. Yes, I am not just trying to add every brand possible. Which is your value add because it is a, 
uh, curated. Very much so. So we right have about 60 SKUs on the site. That's lovely. And at this point, I have probably reviewed more than a thousand. Wow. Do you, so, have a, do you have a team helping out with that too? I, could, I would yeah. have to imagine that's got to be yes. there at some point. You're like, yes. I have enough. Yeah. Or I'm yeah. like, oh, I also like, oh, I tried this, but like, what do you think of this? Like, mm -hmm. how does this, or even s kind of silly things like we don't have a dog and we yeah. sell pet things. Yeah. So like, I have a friend who's a dog trainer. Yeah. And so I was like, you got to give this to some dogs <laughs> and ask the owners, right? So, so really trying to get factual feedback, anecdotal feedback, yep. testing, and kind of putting it all together and massaging it in a way that we believe arms us to advise customers yeah. where to go yeah. um, or at least where to start, right? Because like it is a journey. It is definitely a journey on that one. Um, I know we're, it's a great conversation. We are well over uh, time on this Sorry, one. Sorry, at some point I just have to go pick up my kids. That's totally fine. <laughs> uh, uh, a few things I want, one, two last things I want to get to, and I so appreciate your time on yeah, this one. Yeah, of course. One. I'm having a great time. I noticed on your website you had the Poplar Promises, and yeah. I know we touched on that before we started recording. Where did those come from? And I love them. They're just so just, they're very New Yorker of like, don't be an ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one of them. I think like we do not work with assholes is yeah. one of them. Um, so it's actually funny when I was ideating around creating Poplar and what it would be. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, do you have a mission statement and a vision and all, like all of these things and just looking at fashion brands that I admire and lifestyle brands that I admire and kind of looking at the landscape and saying, what do I want to put pen to paper on? that no matter what we sort of sell will be true. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to ever change these, which doesn't mean that I won't, but like I want them to be sort of universally. These are truth that we hold. Exactly. Whether we sell a t-shirt yeah. or right. Or like a uh, yeah. bottle of CBD or whatever it may be. So I just honestly, like I just, kind of started to write them in my notebook. Hey, that's so great. And I really, I yeah. connected with you when I was reading through those and I was just like, yes, you know, it's, yeah. it's more than just this generic mission that's up there, which is great, but we're like, you get tired of reading those things. It was like, here's some bullet points that like we feel just are, 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 are we hold the truth on these things and I just, they were great. Yeah. I just, I, listen again, yeah. coming from fashion, like what people really want, or at least think they want is to connect with you know, a brand that's authentic. Yep. And those things came from my mind. Like yeah. there was no branding agency that wrote them. There was no like, you should say this in order to appeal to this demographic. Like those were just. This is real. Yeah. Yeah. I um, and a lot of it is also like, you don't even have to be pro cannabis. Well, you don't have to use cannabis to be pro cannabis, right? You don't need to like getting high. You don't need, right? Like this really we really want Poplar to be a resource for anyone who's looking to start their for journey. For natural, yeah. natural wellness. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's what our evergreen hashtag is, redefine your wellness. Like, we believe that cannabis should be a tool in your wellness toolkit, however you decide to use it. Whether it's a topical that you use after you work out, whether it's a tincture you use in the afternoon, or whether it's a THC edible that you take instead of your four vodkas. Yeah. Like, Whatever. Zero, zero, right. ca zero calories. Yeah, it's, and you <laughs> most likely won't be hungover. Yeah. Um, Which, to anybody who's doing dry January or I'm doing dry quarter. Ooh, uh, I like that. Uh, yeah, it's actually been super refreshing. I'm so. doing a no shopping. Ooh. I did a no shopping January. Ooh. It was awesome. Uh, it, it just, the, the credit card's sitting at the end of the month, and you're just like, this is so much It lower. was awesome. It was <laughs> awesome. And I broke it. I, I'm still going pretty strong, but I broke it just last week because one of my favorite brands, fashion brands, like yeah. not whatever, made a t-shirt that I saw 
that has a, an embroidered kite on it. And in the kite, it says, hi, H-I-G-H. So I will be sporting that. You know what? T-shirt. I mean, for those kind of things, I think you have to make the exception on that. But yeah. it has to pass through a few no's before it gets a yes. Yeah. So and even that alone is just, that's something to, to roll yeah. with. I need to come up with a, like, dry, what, what? what it's called. It's like, it's not dry January. It's like, it's, you know, uh, well, maybe I don't it's know. Cali sober January. <laughs> it's exactly. Exactly. Um, but oh, yes. Cool. I love those. Uh, and then wrapping up here, a few quick things. What are three quick things that you see going into 2020 and, and probably even we can extrapolate 2020 and 2021 and beyond. Yeah. What are three things that are just pop of top of mind things that you think are going to be changing. Um, I mean, New York is going to go legal. So let's, 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 <laughs> it's on the ballot and I'll, I'll throw out my New Jersey hopes as well. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. we're going to see, we're going to see some big changes in yep. the legal landscape, yep. uh, whether it's peer pressure, yep. like whether it's New Jersey deciding to go there for New York or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, I anticipate, I mean, in my expert opinion, It'll pass in uh, with the budget in New York in yep. particular. It'll pass with the budget. That'll kick off, you know, a full creation of the Office of Cannabis Management, which will iron out a lot of the details. I don't think I, I would be surprised if we see cannabis for sale on the streets of New York legally, legally. Um, <laughs> in 2020. But I think it's it would be it'll be soon after that. And, and I really think that's top of mind. I think for I think. I think if you sell CBD, you have to be pro cannabis as well. Like, again, doesn't mean you have to use it. Yep. You just, I think it's a spectrum. Um, and I think it's all of our responsibility to understand how it's going to get passed, what the you know social equity and social responsibility pieces are and how, how we all can, can help continue. That's to a huge speak. thing. That's a huge yeah. thing. I hope New York gets right. I really yeah, do. for sure. For um, sure. And how we hope that we can, Oh, introduce more people to this plant yeah. and the ways that it can help again, both in like a super healing way and in just a better alternative to your booze. Yeah. So all the things. So I'm really focused on that. Cool. Um, what legalization looks like and the changes that that will hopefully bring for what Poplar. And I'm sure offers. for Poplar, a big challenge for you is there's so much misinformation out there is how to convey these are, this is good information. Yeah, we do a lot of, I also don't believe in reinventing the wheel, right? So we want to share the good stories that are out there and yep. good doesn't mean happy. Good means like factually correct yes. stories. Um, so yeah, we share the resources that we love, right? Mm -hmm. Project CBD is an amazing place to get information. Normal is an amazing, amazing place to get information. Um, we obviously reshare yeah. a, a lot of those um, from an industry perspective, like MJ Biz yep. is a good place to get information. You know, and we think find your trusted people, uh, resources, people, individuals, companies. Who else? And this is actually one of my closer questions is besides that. Who else do you do you find if, if from some of the other ones that you've named already? Are there other ones that you guys share on shop hyphen poplar.com? <laughs> um, so we we have a blog that yep. we share both some original content and then also um, you know reshare information that, yep. that needs to be shared. I think um, the ones I named are certainly my favorite. I think there are a lot of um, other like beautiful publications in yeah. the space. Oh, like um Oh, I got one on my shelf. It's, Gossamer is yeah. beautiful. Broccoli is Broccoli, beautiful. Yes. Um, you know, I still, I think those are somewhat still talking in the echo chamber, right? Like you have to know something about weed. To get into that. To get into that. And where we really, where I think Poplar's sweet spot is, is 
people who haven't touched it. They're since on the college. outside and they're just kind of getting into the foray. Of, a li- of what exactly, this is. exactly. And so, and they want to understand how to add it to their routine. What does it mean? Are you sure it won't get me high? Mm-hmm. You know, can I pass a drug test? And and so we also put a large emphasis on sort of these like in-person experiences where we talk to people because at the end of the day, a combination of where we are in the world of cannabis and where we are, I think just like in the world, people just want that connection. They want to tell you their story. They want to hear your story and they want to talk it out, yeah. right? And I love that because yeah. I would do that all day long. All day long. Um, uh, That's but why we have this podcast. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think there are great resources out there. But I think do your due diligence, right? If you're not buying it from Poplar, yeah. if you're not buying CBD from Poplar, just buy it from somewhere that's trusted. Yeah. Like, so go to a medicinal dispensary somewhere. They're going to have. Yeah, the- I would say as a rule of thumb, never purchase anything that doesn't have third-party test results, and never purchase anything that doesn't tell you how many milligrams are on the bottle. Like those are just too easy. Super low hanging fruit right there. Yeah. And then of course you can like go down a rabbit hole. Like is it grown indoors or outdoors and what kind of pesticides? Exactly. And, and we vet for all (laughs) those things. Exactly. (laughs) And I mean, we vet for all those things. So obviously like plug for definitely come check us out. But, but I mean, this is definitely an industry. And one of the reasons it's so fun is that we're all like competition is great and like i mean we're talking about it makes what, it makes you better too yeah it just it it does destigmatize it yep. and you know as a mom and a woman and and all of these a things wife and, a sister, and a wife yeah and a daughter you, you gotta you gotta wear with all these labels out there and yeah it has to be destigmatized because i would tell talk to my parents about this and they're like you're smoking the reefer again, aren't exactly. you? And I'm like, exactly. we don't call it that anymore, but okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Different. I mean, I'm sometimes I'm the least popular person in the room and sometimes I'm the most popular, oh, right? Imagine. So yeah. it, it, it depends. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. when you tell your mommy circle, like, oh, yeah. I work in weed, yeah. like, Things, yeah, well, it's I mean, interesting. It, it reminds me of that show Weeds back in the day. It but like, does, it's a very it different. Does. It's a very different, you know, even with 10 years ago, it's a whole different turn on that story right yeah, now. So for sure. I love the story that you guys, that you have. Thank you. And I love the mission that you guys have behind your company. And Thank I really you. so appreciate you being on the show today. You could find Beryl and the rest of the crew at Poplar at shop-poplar.com. And what's the Instagram, Twitter? Just at Poplar. At Poplar. Love it. That's right. Nice and easy. Awesome. Beryl, (laughs) thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. It was so fun. So much fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lit Up, Big Ideas in Cannabis Technology and Innovation. I'm your host, Brian Weber. As always, see our show notes for links to everything we discussed today. If you received any value from today's show at all, any value at all, literally taking 15 seconds to one, share with your friends who would like this, and two, leave a review in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, or wherever you get your podcast from. Every five-star review helps us to bring the best guests to the show. It's really important. Thank you in advance. You can also reach us at feedback at litupcannabis.com. We're not just in your podcast app. Please follow and interact with us, our guests, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at LitUpCannaTech. We'll be announcing upcoming guests and follow up with our guests to your questions. Please say hi and share with your friends. It is my goal to be transparent with you on promotional consideration for the show. You're smart. You know these cost time and money to make. Promotional consideration will be made apparent along with any possible conflicts related to investment. 